BBC Gardeners World Live at the NEC in Birmingham. We're on day three. It has been busy, 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 and it has been hot. Joining me in the studio, the cool studio. Nice and cool. Carol Klein, lovely to see you. You're looking fabulous. And I think we can let people into a secret. There's been some spots of rain, Carol, hasn't there? Yeah, it's quite cool today compared to the previous days. It's, it's lovely. Everybody's looking with anticipation to the skies because we all need some rain, don't we? We do. I mean, in the West Midlands, it's been 35 days without rain. And I know they've just put the hosepipe ban into Kent and Sussex, haven't they? It's, well, we've got a hosepipe ban in parts of Devon, yeah, in yeah. North Devon, for quite a, quite a long while. Yeah, absolutely. We do need that rain. However, having said that, the gardens here look absolutely incredible. The show gardens, the showcase gardens, the borders and the smells, Carol, that have been coming up because of the warm air and the humidity have just been mind-blowing, haven't they? They have. You could walk around with your eyes shut (laughs) and still get just as much out of it. Um, We've got some classic uh, gardens in there that that catch the eye. Um, Obviously, Paul Stone's Fit for a King, which is sort of inspired by Highgrove. We've got some well-being gardens. We've got some amazing designs in there. What's caught your eye? Um, well, I love the one with the. I like I like the King's Garden with all those cornflowers. It's rather mm. gorgeous. Um, but I love. I don't even know the name of it. It's white peonies. It's very cool and beautiful. It's utterly gorgeous. But I've just been walking around the um, small borders. Yeah. What are they called? Beautiful borders. Beautiful borders. And saw Sue Kant's marvel in pink. Pretty in pink. Really absolutely brilliant design and beautifully executed but then my eye was caught by something else white I bet it looks lovely in the evening too um, and it's one best best, uh, best, uh, yes. best in the class yes that's um, Claire Morell isn't it Claire, with, uh, it is Claire Morell. and breathe it's called with the, with the arch over that, that yeah, lovely bench with trackless stamens yes. talking about scent utterly beautiful and um the garden is just perfection yeah. it really is and it's full of a lot of my favourite plants yeah. it's interesting you mentioned that one because um, Claire was telling me she'd, she'd never entered before it's her first time so as a, as a rookie entry yeah. she's she got a platinum award and best beautiful border the smile on her face was fantastic yeah exactly um, I used to exhibit myself and um, I, in fact I've come to every single Birmingham show every NEC and um, when you get given a you know a good medal or a whatever it is, it's just it just makes it all worthwhile. But even more importantly, it's what the public think of mm. what you've done, yeah. and and that's what's so great about any flower show. But this one in particular, you really get the opportunity to talk to people, and you know, and the the, the expert growers who are here who can just hand over this information. Mm. I mean, where else would you get that? Absolutely. And so many of you from the television programme, your colleagues Alan, Titchmarsh and Monty Don, and the rest of you are all here and incredibly accessible for the public. I mean, that's that's what draws people in. Well, I don't know about that, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) You're you're as popular as the gardens, Carol. (laughs) No, no, no. No, but it's just smashing. I've just been having a chat. I was on Ashwood's beautiful display in the marquee i mean anybody who comes really ought to make a beeline for it it's just delightful and there were two ladies looking at different plants at the side so we ended up 
because they got streptocarpus in there, which is usually a house plant. But Nigel, who's the gardener at John's Garden, which is attached to Ashwood, has used streptocarpus as bedding plants. They've got a little Christopher Lloyd border there, great dixter. So we ended up talking about how you take leaf cuttings of streptocarpus. With, um, <laughs> Fantastic. We've, we've had a little lesson there and then. <laughs> <laughs> Every day's a learning day, isn't it? Yeah. Carol? That's the thing. Now, you, you've just touched on something before about what the public um, want to see and want to talk about. And one of the areas I find fascinating is the um, hot-off-the-potting bench area. Neil yeah. Gow, I spoke to yesterday. 101 entries, new breeds, new varieties. Yeah. There are actually there. 90, 98 on display. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, what I, I was interesting was the there was the rose uh, which won the Peter Seabrook um, award, which was hugely popular with the judges. But they have a public vote. Yeah. And that public vote is really important for the breeders to show what the public are looking for and clearly what's going to make a commercial difference to their businesses. And has that been decided yet? No, they're still voting until, I think, tomorrow. Right, OK. Well, I love the rose. But I also love... Oh, there are all sorts of plants on there. I went for a basil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I know you've been them, haven't mm. you? Yeah, the basil batik. Yes, and it's a, a almost a shrub. But that plant that's on there, which is already, I don't know, getting on for a metre high, mm. it was sown this year. That's incredible. And it's it? produced enough leaves to... I mean, you, you know, you'd never be able to grow enough tomatoes to go with it. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody, who was it? David Hurrian said to me what he was, when he walked past and he smelt it he said he wanted some tomatoes, some mozzarella and a few of those, those leaves and well, I, do, I want a bit of avocado as well right. all mixed in yeah. okay. but I'm fussy <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you've been having a walk around and doing your filming Carol what, uh, what else has, has caught your eye, anything particular I mean it's been busy here the last uh, couple of days well there are a couple of you know, I always head for the marquee anyway, mm. that's my, you know, what I love most. Um, and I think that's what a lot of the public really want to see and talk about, because of course they get inspired by things in the gardens and the borders, but then they want to go and find the plants that they can take home and yeah. play around with themselves. Hardy stand is beautiful, as, as usual. And Barnsdale, it's, it's, it's lovely to see... <laughs> Jeff Hamilton out there, because of course he was one of the, well he really started the show, yeah. it was his influence that, that got the whole Gardener's World NEC off the ground, mm. he did a garden, right here in this, where we are, where our studio is now, yeah. really, yeah, okay, well I don't know exactly where it was, because it's such enough. a massive <laughs> hall, but, but yeah, um, and he was, um, he was a hero of mine as he was of many people, but he really, you know, inspired people to come and... I came to the very first one as an exhibitor. I think I did 16 or 17 of them all together. And the thing was, with the very first show, people weren't... They weren't used to flower shows at all. You know, many of them had never been to a flower show before. And I saw the same people coming back year after year after year. And each year they would have learnt a bit more yeah. and, um, you know, become more and more experienced mm. gardeners and come back and, you know, buy loads more plants all the time. Oh, and one, I've got to tell you this because I think it's funny. There are a couple of old boys, I shouldn't say that, should I, how sexist, but 
who used to get really fed up with me because I was always telling people how to propagate plants. And I think they thought, you know, it might put them out of business. But I find exactly the opposite is true. The more people find out about plants, the more they want to find out about plants. So they'll buy something, learn how to propagate it, and then they'll come back because they want more, more, more. And gradually their knowledge and experience expands. And that's what flower shows like this can actually do. Some of the visitors that I've been talking to, uh, one of the things that's cropped up is the cost of living crisis um, and the cost of gardening. And, you know, some things have gone up in price without a shadow of a doubt. Um, What advice would you give to people who are gardening on a budget, Carol? Well, grow your own garden. Um, (laughs) um, We published a book called Grow Your Own Garden years ago. If you can't afford it new, you can get one on... um, eBay <laughs> or um, on, on the, sem- uh, the Amazon, um, I'm not allowed to say that, am I? Useless. But um, no, that's the whole point. Do you know we're doing this big garden at Hampton Court? Yes. And one of its themes is growing your own, um, not just veg. I mean, absolutely not. Um, I think my advice to people would be try it, you know, do it. Grow some stuff from seed. If you've never taken cuttings before, have a go. I mean, if I can do it, anybody can. Mm. It's as simple as anything. And, and that, that's the very best advice, too. I mean, not only does it save you money, but it also makes your gardening practice much more self-sustaining. Yeah. Yeah. And gardeners are, are very good at sharing, aren't they? I mean, there's seed swaps. Sound yeah. like a fantastic idea to me. Yeah, they do. And even if you're not close enough to one of those and you don't do it, except, of course, seeds are great because you can actually post them yes, yes. <laughs> within the country, of course. Yeah. But um, I, I was thinking the other day, some of the packets of seeds you get, there are literally hundreds, many, many more that you need. But if a few of you get together, you can either swap your seeds or all grow one, one variety and then swap your plants too. And that, that way it makes the whole thing much, much cheaper. Absolutely. And save your own seeds. Absolutely. Good advice. Um, now, uh, your home is in Devon. Uh, and we've talked before about um, you dealing with different soils because you, you've moved down the country, haven't you? So you get used to different soils. What's going on in your garden at the moment, Carol? Um, well, uh, <laughs> Because I've spent so long getting ready for this Hampton Court thing, I've really neglected my garden. But I walked down the other, and the bloke who used to help me maybe a day a week, his his mum's been poor, he's not coming back. So I walked down the garden with two smashing people who are going to come and do a day a week for me. And I was amazed to see, although I was horrified to see weeds coming out here and there, but I was amazed to see just how well it's holding up. Mm. Um, you know, despite this drought, and I think that's because I, <laughs> I practice not only mulching the soil, but I let the plants be a mulch. So I plant so thickly. Uh, and as soon as your plants have grown, you know, they provide the shade, they keep moisture in the soil. They take it out as well, naturally, through the through the roots to water the whole plant. But um, yeah, it's not doing so bad. Some of the borders on the sunny side are looking... Um, they look 
reasonable. <laughs> but you know what? What I'm itching to do is once this whole Hampton Court thing is over, I've gone home from the NEC, I've done a whole load of scurrying around, I go off there for a, a couple of weeks and then I'm coming back and I'm just going to be in my own garden. And it's going to be my husband's 70th birthday and um, I think we're just going to have a party maybe, yeah. have a relax and just just get in there and garden. <laughs> well, that sounds fantastic. Just picking up on one thing, you used the W word, weeds. Yes. And of course, a lot of chat this year because we are allegedly being encouraged to see weeds as our friends and rewild and be nice to slugs and snails. I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying no, to determine no. where you're coming from there, Carol. What, what's your take on that? Um, well, next to us, we've got a field which we actually bought. We paid so much money for it, we've got no money to do anything with it. But it is totally full of dandelions. And I, I, I don't know how many bees it could feed. But I should think it's the entire bee population, at least of Devon. And of course, you know, I mean, weeds are wildflowers. And um, I don't like a few weeds. I don't like cooch grass because mm. I think it spoils everything. But I can remember once we did a programme called Wild About the Garden. Long time ago, about 25 years ago now, it was for Channel 4. And we were up past Hadrian's Wall with uh, looking at a meadow. It was awful. Uh, you know, it was that time of year and there were midges everywhere. In fact, our runner um, was trying to give up smoking, but we, we told him he couldn't because <laughs> he had to blow smoke at us. <laughs> but I can remember being there with a... He's a botanist and he runs... He, Donald McIntyre runs um, Emmersgate Seeds, one of the best wildflower seeds providers and I'm not on commission um, and we were looking at grasses and I looked at this coxfoot grass you know with those big heads and I said surely you know you don't want that in your garden he said oh yes you do he said because during the winter it protects so much so many different kinds of insects um, you know and caterpillars will feed on its leaves so I mean everything's a part of it I'm still not going to grow coxfoot grass or cooch grass in the middle of my borders. Fair enough. But around the edges, absolutely. Um, sustainability in gardening is a big thing now, uh, Carol. I mean, it always has been for gardeners, but it's becoming increasingly popular. I, didn't, I don't use the word trendy. I, I think popular is better. Um, and looking after the, the, the eco-structure in terms of, of wildlife, bees, butterflies, things like that. Um, and that's attracting a new younger audience into the garden, is it? Because they're sort of brought up to be a, a bit more in touch with that nowadays, aren't they? Yeah, they're a bit more conscious, thank mm. goodness. Although I think that, you know, education, it, it's so hugely important. I think there ought to be, I think gardening should be on the curriculum for everybody, <laughs> right from the word go. Not just because it teaches you how to grow plants, but teaches you about absolutely everything. And more than anything, it teaches you about your part in the planet and the part that you can actually actually play. So uh, I think there are a lot of older people too who are sort of 
because they can see the point. They can feel the heat. They know that what what's happening to the planet. And I think altogether we're much more conscious of it. But um, I mean, I I don't know how long I'll be here for. Not all that long. But w- what worries me, what I think about, is what's going to happen to my grandchildren. And um, you know, and, and and everybody's got family. And I think that's what prompts you, you know, to to really try and put into practice all these things. Have a compost heap, you know. Never use pesticides. Garden organically, for goodness sake. Grow the things that love growing in the kind of place you've got, you know. So, so you fit in with nature because you can never break nature's rules. Absolutely, Carol. As always, an absolute pleasure uh, to see you. Enjoy the rest of the show um, and have a fantastic 70th birthday party for your husband. Yeah, and and you know how old I am on the, the I... day we start planting for Hampton Court. It's my birthday. Is it? And I'm going to be 78. Well, well, I always went for a toy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday in advance. For Thank that. you very Carol, much. Carol, always a pleasure.